0: I don't look for novelty everywhere. I curate my interests even if they don't last forever. I'm excited about digging deeper into the categories that those fall into. Welcome to Criticism, the show about personal accountability through gritted teeth. I'm your host, critically acclaimed overthinker, Laura Wasilewski. In each episode, I critique my latest projects, what got done, what didn't, and how much I procrastinated. Grab a notebook and listen close as I dig into the nitty-gritty technical details of what I've learned so far and where I'm still struggling. Follow along to hear what I'm getting gritty with next and get inspired to be your own best critic. This is criticism. Welcome to episode four, the best-laid plans. This is Criticism, the podcast about personal accountability through gritted teeth. I'm your host, Laura Watchuleski, and today I'm talking about novelty and experiences and the best-laid plans. The title of this episode, the best-laid plans, was originally in reference to the structure I had set up in episode three, and how I'm immediately butchering it for episode four. However. On Saturday morning, when I planned to record this episode, the contractors next door decided it would be a great time to start siding the house, starting with the side closest to where I do my recording. Circular saws, hammers, air nailers, and people yelling were not quite the background music I was hoping for. The best laid plans. Anyway, the format of episode three isn't working quite right, and it builds in too much repetition, so I'm riffing off of it for episode four. Not quite sure where it's going yet, but you're smart. You'll figure it out. And sorry about any unexpected background noise. Let's get gratified. These last 10 days, I've been thinking a lot about things that I like and things that other people like. My partner, Keith, is very clear on what he likes. Ever since he was little, he's liked Porsches, cars, hockey, speakers, and computers. More than 30 years later, he still likes... Porsches, cars, hockey, speakers, and computers, just more expensive ones. I've never been able to say what I like with such diffinity. If I like something today, I'm probably not going to like it tomorrow. I never stay consistent with my interests. I'm constantly picking up new hobbies, playing with them for a while, and then abruptly putting them down for months, years, evers at a time. For most of my life, I felt like there was actually something wrong with me because I didn't like things in the same way that other people did. I felt like I didn't have a grasp on my identity and I was floating through life without an anchor. A lot of my self-improvement searching last year stemmed from this. I realized in the last couple of weeks that having clear definition of things that I like doesn't interest me. Not only does it not interest me, I'm actively disinterested in it. It feels very confining and boxed in. What I want is to experience novelty and newness. I want to experience something that I've never seen or felt or tasted before. I want to do things that are challenging and evolving. If I can walk into an experience in one way and come out differently or with new insight on the other side, then I absolutely want to do that. This may seem like a no-brainer to people who know me, but to me, this is a huge discovery. Criticism is a perfect example of this. I wanted to create this podcast because it seemed like the right thing to do. I wasn't interested in creating a podcast to share my opinion or knowledge or whatever. I was interested in doing an experiment and seeing what would happen. I wanted to create something and watch it take shape and evolve. And it has been an incredibly frustrating and challenging experience. And that's the part that I love. Enough about the inner workings of my psyche. Here's your critique of the creation of episode three. I struggled with the content again, what to include and leave out, what rabbit holes to go down and which to table. I resorted to an analog technique of writing the main points on index cards and then moving them around until I got what seemed to be some cohesion. I forgot to adjust the settings on the microphone when I plugged it in. I have no idea what it was set at. I also think I accidentally adjusted something between recording the intro-outro and then the body of the episode. The episode levels were way lower than the intro-outro. I'm not sure if it's the way that I was talking or if it was something I accidentally changed. I wrestled with the compressor in post-production again. I tried to follow the manual and some videos, but I just couldn't get it to work right for me. I ended up adjusting the peaks individually throughout the episode. It was a very analog process of manipulating digital information. I would do a manual adjustment again, and likely will for this episode, but I would really like to get a better handle on how to do it correctly. It was a bit of a process to bring the three different audio sources together, the intro-outro, body of the episode, and the music and then manipulate the levels to make it all sound somewhat similar. If part of it was going to sound bad, I wanted all of it to sound uniformly bad. I was afraid that the manual adjustments that I made were going to make the audio go all wobbly, and listeners were going to have to keep adjusting their volume to make it work. I think it came out pretty good, considering. I was really happy with how I integrated the music in. I felt like it makes criticism sound more real. I also did a bit of fading in and out on the sound clip at the beginning, I like that it takes the edge off of the abrupt start. Overall, I'm pleased with how it came out. Procrastination is inevitable. I was on vacation this week down in Arizona, hanging out with friends. I did some work, but not a ton. I wish I would have made a commitment to getting a certain amount of stuff done while I was there. The way I was going about the process felt a bit wishy-washy. Like, I kept going over things I'd done to make sure it was complete. I would like to tighten up my work process and make it more organized and efficient. To be fair, episode 3 dropped my first day there, so I didn't have a ton of time to come up with a plan. I'm still grappling with time management, and I'm not making a lot of progress on it for this episode either. Speaking of time management, I'm not good at making use of my time when I feel like I'm in a state of limbo. One thing that drives me crazy is when I'm waiting around for people or information or confirmation on a plan. And then, when the plan gets finalized and I get clarification, I get irritated because I could have been making better use of my time. I'm not good at taking responsibility for my own poor time management and tend to project that irritation onto others. It's not my best trait, for sure. Sorry, Keith. Again, thank you for dealing with me. Moving on to reviewing and critiquing the grits from episode 3. Grit 1 was to plan out 75 Hard, including a diet plan, decide on any changes to the rules, and start on February 1st. A little backstory, 75 Hard is the brainchild of Andy Frazella. He is an entrepreneur, author, and has a couple of different podcasts. Full disclosure, I have not listened to any of his episodes. He bills 75 Hard as a transformative mental toughness program. There are five rules to 75 Hard. Drink one gallon of water a day. Follow the diet plan of your choice. No cheating, no alcohol. Do two 45-minute workouts each day, at least three hours apart. One of them must be outside. Read a nonfiction book for 10 minutes a day, no audiobooks. Take daily progress pictures and weigh in. If you fail to do everything on the list each day, you start over from day one. I am always up for a new convoluted fitness challenge. It's all about the experience, right? Let's do this. My friend Jenna from Arizona and Erica of Daily Whip, who is also in Seattle, are joining me on this challenge. Day one, two, and three are in the books and my sticker chart is full. 72 days to go. Here's a nitty gritty on my 75 hard plan. The only rule I altered was changing the amount of water intake to three liters instead of one gallon. One gallon seems like kind of a lot. I'm already waking up three times a night to pee. I also added a few extra elements inspired by the morning routine of Dr. Andrew Huberman of the Huberman Lab podcast. I'm drinking a glass of electrolyte water first thing in the morning. I'm meditating for 20 minutes before my morning workout. My morning workout is outside to take advantage of the early sun exposure. After I work out, I take a cold shower. I'm also waiting 90 minutes after waking to have any caffeine. I'm not 100% certain why I'm supposed to do this. It has something to do with adenosine, which I'm also not 100% certain what that is. Anyway, in the event that something needs to give, the Huberman add-ons will be the first to go. My goals for 75 Hard, beyond just completing it, include losing weight as well as building muscle. The diet plan I decided on is high protein, low calorie whole foods. I'm aiming for 1500 calories and 135 grams of protein per day. The rest of the macros can land where they need to. Please note, I am not a doctor nor a nutritionist, although I did look into becoming one once upon a time. I am using the app lose it to track my calories, protein, and water intake. It has a simple aesthetically pleasing interface and a subscription is $34 a year. It belongs in the orange section if you color code your apps. Once the new gym opens up next week, I'll be weightlifting following the Thinner, Leaner, Stronger Year One Challenge by Mike Matthews. I chose this lifting plan because of the focus on lifting fewer reps with heavier weights. Hopefully, this will minimize my time in the gym while maximizing my results. I will also be getting back into running following a routine I saw in Self Magazine nearly 30 years ago. It starts off with running one minute at a time for seven times, and works its way up to 35 minutes altogether over the course of 12 weeks. It's always my go-to way of getting back into running. For the rest of your days, I will be choosing between walking, a boxing ball, and yoga. Where I'm being held back at the moment is that I've been having some knee difficulty this past year. I got a steroid shot on Wednesday, and the doctor told me not to do anything more than what I would normally do for a few days. This works out nicely since the gym isn't open yet. Taking some inspiration from my time in Arizona, I'm sticking to kettlebell swings and race walking for the first week, along with some mobility training classes from Beard the Best You Can Be. Grit 2 is to clarify my musical taste by creating a Spotify playlist with my favorite songs and artists and using AI to help me find new ones. I populated the Liked Songs feature of Spotify as a playlist and came up with about 40 songs from various artists. Most only have one on there as a representative, but some have multiple. Billie Eilish, Rachel Yamagata, The Veronicas, and Aphex Twins specifically. I'm excited to have this playlist. Listening to it is like a new surprise every three minutes or so. I'm looking forward to adding more songs and artists to it. My Spotify wrapped could be the most accurate it's ever been this year. I also started following all of the artists that are on the playlist. I ran every one through AI and found a few people I had forgotten about, and a few that I hadn't heard of before. It will probably surprise no one that when looking at the nitty-gritty breakdown of the 28 artists in 14 different genre classifications, the two most popular genres were pop, including indie and electro, coming in at 38%, and folk, including indie folk, at 20%. The remaining 42% is made up in descending order of rock, electronic, dance, experimental, and one mention each of acoustic, instrumental, R&B, soul, and Americana. Despite my love of Bad Out Hell, Meatloaf didn't make the cut. In a nod to my desire for novelty and newness, I've listened to Meatloaf too many times to want to keep him in a regular rotation. He will always have a soft spot in my heart, though. Grit 3 was about planning and strategizing around an upcoming website, doing a deeper dive into brand identity, checking out the blog on my website builder, and watching YouTube tutorials. This grit was the most vague and hardest to quantify. I read through a couple of blog posts on planning a site and what to do before you begin. Both of these gave me so much to consider that it felt like taking action wouldn't be the best use of my time right now. I was planning on using Wix, but then got some feedback from a friend who uses Squarespace. She said Squarespace is much easier to use than Wix. This opinion was reinforced by an article on sitebuilderreport.com titled Wix vs. Squarespace. The consensus is that Wix offers too many options for a beginner, which can actually make things a bit harder. Getting into the nitty-gritty of this, Wix has five times more templates to choose from and free range of replacement of details. Elements can be moved by a single pixel if you want, This gives you a ton of options and flexibility. Squarespace has fewer templates, but the article says that they're better. Squarespace also has a system where elements click into place, automatically aligning things. I can see where this could end up being an issue, but I can also see how it would be helpful. The biggest difference shown in the article's videos was that Squarespace does a better job at making your site look the same on the laptop and mobile whereas Wix seem to have difficulty integrating the change in one with the other, making for extra work. As a person who can get overwhelmed by choices and can get lost in the weeds of alignment and making everything just so, I will have to take another look at Squarespace. The biggest factor will be if I've already bought into Wix. I'll have to check. Gritivation time. Come on. What am I excited about? I'm excited about the realization that I crave novel experiences and not specific things. Keith has hobbies that aggravate him. All of his hobbies fall into his boxes, Porsches, cars, hockey, speakers, computers. I don't look for novelty everywhere. I curate my interests, even if they don't last forever. I'm excited about digging deeper into the categories that those fall into, which relates to this next question of what would I like to spend more time on? I want to get a better understanding of what those categories are. I know food is one, but even within that, there are still some distinctions. I want good, novel food. I'm less about novelty junk food. I like to try cultural street food, and I get really excited about unusual combinations. What has been the most challenging? A lot has been happening this last week and a half. Balancing vacation, friends, and a side project can take some finessing. I'm so glad that I took that time off. That being said, there was a big shakeup at work while I was away, and it's putting more responsibilities on my plate, which I am not thrilled about. Keith is also gone for an additional 10 days on a work trip, which makes things both easier and harder. All in all, I'm feeling a little off-center. What am I stuck on or struggling with? I've had a hard time wrapping my head around making a cohesive episode. This seems to be an ongoing issue for me. The new structure is helping, but it's also getting manipulated as I'm working on it. I attended a webinar on editing the other day in my continued quest for improved sound quality. However, it focused more on editing to improve content quality, which is something I never really considered. I'm excited to see what I can do with that. What's one thing that could help? I feel like I'm being rushed and I need to slow down. As soon as one episode is done, I immediately need to start working on the next. It's kind of a lot, and I'm putting this pressure on myself. I appreciate what I'm trying to do, and I appreciate that I've kept up with it, but I need to find a way to make this process more efficient and allow me more time to explore best practices and take deeper dives into things I want to learn. I also need to find a way to make things more entertaining for the listeners. Sanity lies in paying attention. I think I need more checklists and time management. It is time to get gritty. What are we working on next? The first grit will be checking to see if I've already bought into Wix, checking out Squarespace, and doing some of the thought work I learned about that goes behind a website. The second grit is creating a list of categories where I like to experience novelty, exploring those categories further, and seeing what I find. And the third grit includes paying attention to my process, what order I do things in, and how long things take specifically. Once I have an understanding of my natural tendencies, I can tweak from there. I'm hopefully making my load purposefully light this time so I can both take a break and be able to focus on the 75 hard challenge. It's a lot of work, but I have my two friends doing it with me. People are paying attention, so I have to keep going. Thanks for being here and following along. Stay gritty. Heyo. Thanks for listening to Griticism, the show about personal accountability through gritted teeth. Drop a comment on Instagram at Griticism. I'd love to hear about what's getting you gritty. Music provided by Oleg Fedak from Pixabay. Song title, Uppy Hatbeat logo, two versions, one four six six o four. Rate and subscribe to make sure you never miss a beat. Ready or not, new episodes dropping on the fives, the 5th the 15th, and the 25th. Stay gritty.